You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Blue Sky Missions. Whether you're an individual seeking to go on a missions trip or a church leader wanting to take your group, Blue Sky can make it happen. Learn more today at blueskymissions.org. You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome into another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. Super excited to do this episode today because we're talking about everyone's favorite topic, and that is sex. That's right, sex. But before we dive into that topic, I just want to remind everyone to do us a huge favor and please subscribe to the podcast, whether it be on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever podcast catching app that you are using. iTunes doesn't always do a very good job of delivering every episode to your device if you're not subscribed. So subscribing guarantees that you will never miss a good and juicy episode, like the good and juicy one we've got for you today. The question is this, is premarital sex sin and why? I'm going to spend a few minutes giving you my thoughts, and then at the very end of the podcast, I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures you can check out and several books that you can also read for additional study. Okay, so here we go. I just recently had a conversation with a great friend of mine who just got married. He and his wife did not have sex before they were married. They waited until their wedding night, which is awesome and beautiful. And he said, listen, I I did that because I believe that God commands it, but I'm not really sure why God commands it. So why is it that God doesn't want us to have sex before we're married? And that's a great question. And so I want to answer that. Do I believe premarital sex is sin? I do. Sin is the idea of missing the mark, right? God has set forth an ideal. God has set forth a design. And therefore, anytime we go outside of that design, we are missing the mark. Technically, we are sinning. We are not functioning the way that God has designed us to function. Sometimes when people talk about premarital sex, they use scare tactics. They talk about, oh, you could get diseases, or you could have an unwanted pregnancy, or you're going to feel shame and dirty and all this stuff. And yes, those things are true, but those are not the reasons why we should avoid premarital sex. The the ideal motivation for abstaining from sex outside of marriage is because it is not God's design for us. I want to make it clear that sex is not bad. Sometimes we have this idea that sex is bad before marriage, and then all of a sudden it turns good. And I believe that is a very odd way to view sex. Sex is always a good thing. I want to say that very clearly. Sex is a great thing. It was made by God. Therefore, it must be good. However, the timing of when you participate in sex could be extremely nutritious or extremely damaging. A great metaphor I like to use is eating a banana. A banana is always good. A banana has great nutrients. A banana is made by God and is very helpful to you and your physical body in a lot of ways. But if you eat a banana before it's ripe, when it's still green, it's going to make you sick. It's going to cause damage because the timing is not right. Three different times in the book of Song of Solomon, 
we are advised to not awaken love before it's due time. If you eat a banana before it's ripe, before it's the right time, it's going to make you sick. And sex is the same way. Sex is awesome and good. It was created by God. But if you indulge in sex at the wrong time, it will make you emotionally sick. God has designed human beings to be emotionally nourished and emotionally strengthened when they are having appropriate sexual relations within the bounds of marriage. This is actually supernatural. The scripture doesn't explicitly explain how this happens, but it's very clear that when we participate and indulge in sex appropriately, it actually strengthens the bonds that we have with that person within marriage, and it strengthens our bond with God. When we indulge in sex inappropriately at the wrong time, there's a supernatural thing that takes place that literally damages our soul. Let me tell you about a metaphor that I got from my junior high youth pastor when I was in middle school in a sermon he preached to us about sex. He got up in front of our youth group and he took two pieces of cardboard and he put epoxy, you know, very strong, powerful glue, and he puts those two pieces of cardboard together and then he pulls them apart. And now what happens is you have pieces of the cardboard on the other pieces, right? It, it sticks together and it dries. When you go to pull them apart, it causes damage. This is what the Apostle Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 6 when he says that all other sins are outward, but sexual sin is inward. Other sins cause outward damage in our lives, but sexual sin wreaks havoc on our souls. Sex supernaturally binds you to the person you're having sex with. But if you don't have the supernatural blessing of marriage and you don't have the security that comes within that relationship, when the act of sex is over, it's like pulling those two pieces of cardboard apart. It's ripping your souls apart. If you have participated in premarital sex, you understand what I'm talking about. You understand the pain when it's over, the emptiness that is left. And I can speak to this firsthand because I myself have indulged in premarital sex. I understand the pain. I am not a virgin, and I would do anything to go back and undo those choices I made because I caused a lot of pain to myself and to other people in relationships and definitely caused a lot of damage to my relationship with God. So I am speaking firsthand when I talk about this. However, the beauty of the gospel is that God will forgive us, that God can wipe the record clean, that God can heal our hearts and undo the pain that we cause to ourselves and to other people. But that takes time, and it's a difficult process. And you're better off just not causing the pain in the first place. Friends, if God created something, then he knows best. We should follow his advice on how to participate in that. If God created it, then he knows best. And here's the reality. Whenever we decide to not listen to God's guidelines, we're actually being extremely arrogant. Right? God says, you're designed this way, follow my guidelines. When we go outside of that, we're basically telling God, I know better than you. I know myself better than you. I know what I can handle. Don't tell me what to do. I want to feel good right now. We're basically being arrogant and impatient. And we're telling God that we know better than him. 
What a slap in the face to the God that desperately loves us. God is not trying to restrict you from feeling good or having fun. God is looking out for you. He wants to make sure that you can reach your full potential and that you function within the design that he created for you because he loves you. He's looking out for you. He's protecting you. Let me give you a few Bible verses to kind of read if you want to kind of study more on this subject. Then I'll give you a few books you can check out as well. Uh, Jesus speaking in Matthew 19, verses 4 and 5. Uh, the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel 11, 18. Uh, the apostle Paul speaks in both 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and chapter 7. Both of those chapters have huge chunks of content relating to sex and marriage. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Also Proverbs chapter 5, verses 15 through 19. 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 3 through 5. Obviously the entire book of Song of Solomon has huge chunks of content relating to sex, marriage, and a passionate, intimate relationship. Ephesians chapter 5 gives us some insight into marriage. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 gives us encouragement to not indulge in the flesh. And then the book of Leviticus also has huge chunks of content dealing with the topic of sex in Leviticus chapter 18, chapter 19, and chapter 20. For more study in your own personal growth, here are some books I'd like to recommend. If you are an unmarried guy, the book I would recommend for you is Every Young Man's Battle. And if you're married, a book called Every Man's Battle. Both of those are written by Stephen Arterburn and Fred Stoker. Great resources for men dealing with sexual sin and just trying to live a life of sexual purity. There is the female counterpart, female version, Every Woman's Battle by one of my personal friends and mentor, Shannon Etheridge. Check that out. Shannon also has another book for women exploring sexuality and marriage called The Sexually Confident Wife. It's a great resource I would recommend to all women. Two other books I'd like to highly recommend for anyone doing research on the topic of sex. The first one is Sex and the Supremacy of Christ. It's a book with a bunch of contributors. The two general editors are John Piper and Justin Taylor. Again, the title of that book is Sex and the Supremacy of Christ. And then the other book I'd recommend is called Sacred Sex by Tim Gardner. Be sure to read some of those Bible verses and check out some of those books. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope and pray this is a great resource for you. If you would like to connect with me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Kenneth Ortiz. That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. Our intro and outro theme music has been I'm Shipping Up the Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been theology for the rest of us.